It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What do we need to see from the Carolina Panthers on Friday night when they face the New York Giants in preseason game number two? I'll tell you right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council, where on Fridays throughout the rest of the preseason, I'll answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions either at me or DM me over on Twitter at Julian Council to get those questions into me now. The Carolina Panthers in two days' time. On Friday evening, we'll head up to New York to face New York Giants at MetLife Stadium in preseason game number two ahead of the 2023 NFL season. And we know that Saturday wasn't ideal against the other team that hails from New York, technically New Jersey, where the Jets won 27 to nothing and left a lot of people, myself included, very concerned about certain aspects of this team, but it is just the preseason. The games, at least the scoreline doesn't count, but there are plenty of things that matter that happen in those games, like the offensive line struggles that we saw from the Carolina Panthers, and also seeing Bryce Young be able to take a hit and be able to just stand in the pocket and maneuver it and to look comfortable while learning this offense in only 11 snaps. So a lot of good things, well, not a lot of good things, some good things and a lot of bad things from Saturday Hopefully, things will look better on Friday night when they face off against the Giants. Now, I got a couple things. I got five things I need to see from this team to feel a little bit better about them heading into the preseason dress rehearsal next week at home against the Detroit Lions. And we'll go ahead and talk about them right now. Number one, Bryce Young. Need to see him build more rapport with his wide receivers. We only saw him play 11 snaps, and he got hit on three of those, sacked on one of them. I don't want to see Bryce Young get touched at all. I understand that it's going to happen this season. I just didn't need to see it happen as much as it happened on Saturday, and that was jarring. I don't expect that to be the case this upcoming week on Friday night, but still, I need to see Bryce Young, well, play more snaps, but also get some time to build that rapport on the field with his receivers. It's great to have the throwing sessions during the offseason. It's great what they're doing in practice, but we need to see it play out on the playing field during a game. On Saturday, albeit limited snaps, didn't get to see a ton of it. Now, Adam Thielen, one reception on one target, eight yards, which was for a first down. Hope to see a lot of that this upcoming season. DJ Chark, two targets, one reception, five yards. Hayden Hurst, one target, one reception, five yards. Jonathan Mingo, zero targets. Those are your top four receivers heading into the season. 
with Thielen, Shark, and then Mingo, the rookie, and then Hayden Hurst as your pass-catching tight end. You want to see far more from those guys. I know it was a limited sample size, and for them to still get that many targets during that period of time is a good sign. I just want to be able to see more of it this upcoming Friday night with Bryce building out rapport with Adam, with DJ, with Hayden, and with Jonathan Mingo, the young rookie, in this upcoming game heading into next week to feel good about those being your top four guys heading into potentially the season. When you look at LaVishka Chenault, who didn't really get that many reps on Saturday, didn't really play a lot with the ones, and you look at Terrace Marshall, who's doing a back injury, that's a great time, especially for Mingo, to really solidify his spot as that number three wide receiver. This staff loved him during the pre-draft process. That's why he's here. So let's see him be able to get targeted and make some plays on Friday evening alongside Thielen Shark and Hayden Hurst. The second thing, and probably the most important thing that we need to see, is offensive line improvement. I did not think, going into the second week of the preseason, that we would be having this much of a discussion about the offensive line and their struggles that we saw from them on Saturday in the preseason opener against the Jets. Yes, the Jets maybe outside of the 49ers, have the best defensive line in football. They're not going to have to – the Panthers don't have to face them again. They're not going to see a defensive line as good as the Jets unless they make it to the playoffs and play against San Francisco. So I guess that's a good thing. But also, when you look at last year where they were dramatically improved and you felt with four or five starters healthy coming back, that wouldn't be an issue at all. It was. It wasn't just the right guard position where you saw three different guys play that spot on Saturday and starting. It was also Icky struggling against Solomon Thomas on that one snap. It was also you looking at the right side as well with Taylor Moten. All those guys did not play up to snuff, and they understand that they have a standard. They had a come-to-Jesus meeting right after that game with James Camp and the offensive line coach talking about those standards that they have. And we'll talk more about that momentarily as James Camp spoke to the media on Tuesday, got some takeaways from what he had to say, but I did not expect to be sitting in this chair on August 16th, ahead of the Friday night game in preseason week two against the Giants, talking about the offensive line needing to improve. Maybe at right guard, but the entire unit – the starters and the depth pieces, no, did not think that was going to happen. Now, Frank Reich has stated that he wants to know who his starting five are going to be. He wants to know who his best five are. I think we know who the best four are right now with Icky at left tackle, Christensen at left guard, and more on that later too with James Camp and some of the things he had to say. Center Bradley Bozeman and right tackle Taylor Moten. We're trying to figure out who that fifth guy is. He wants that settled coming out of this game so they can go into next week where I would think they're probably going to play the entire first half. As Frank Reich already said, we need to play. And I already told these guys that they're going to play, so we need to get up to up up, up to speed ahead of that week one game and even week two against divisional rivals in Atlanta and New Orleans. I expect them to play the entire first half next week. So they need to get there this week. We need to find out who that right guard is going to be. Cade Mays, Justin McCray, Chandler Zavala, Nash Jensen, those are the four primary options. Cade Mays did not practice on Tuesday, not quite sure what's going on there, but Zavala, he's off a pup, he got some reps there with the ones, same thing with Nash Jensen, maybe those two guys end up being the best options for the Carolina Panthers at starting right guard following this game against the Giants on Friday night. The third thing I want to see... I'm not quite sure whether we'll see it. Is Brian Burns and Justin Houston teaming up? I expect that they'll play next week. Um, Justin Houston, of course, didn't play on Saturday. Made a lot of sense. Brian Burns, the same case. You, you know how good he is. It's early on. Not going to get a lot of reps. Just go ahead and rest him. But I would like to see those guys link up and see what it's going to look like with those two out there. And just to know that, hey, maybe Brian Burns, we know he's good. But Justin Houston, how does he 
factor in on the other side when Brian Burns is out there. So that's something I would like to see. Not necessarily something I need to see. I need to see it next Friday, but this Friday would like to see maybe a series with those two guys out there. But really what's more important is seeing some of that depth emerge. Amari Barno and DJ Johnson as younger depth guys at edge had fairly solid Saturday afternoons, comparatively speaking to what everyone else did. We need to see them go out there and to build off of that as they'll continue to get a lot of reps. I need to see not just them, but just the depth as a whole step up. The offensive line, you look at the starters, it wasn't just them. The depth didn't look good. You look at the defense and offensively as a whole, it all was bad. The Jets showed far greater depth in talent than what the Carolina Panthers showed on Saturday in a game where the Jets barely played any of their ones in their top-tier guys. The Panthers played their starters. Not very long, but they played some of their starters. They played some guys who you think could help you later on this season as a depth piece, and I just need to see the Panthers' overall roster step up and be competitive as they were not competitive, whether it was the ones, twos, or the threes on Saturday afternoon. So the depth needs to step up and needs to emerge for this team coming into this game on Friday night. Then the last thing you need to see is Jake Luton. The Panthers ended up cutting Jacob Eason in the spring because they wanted to give Matt Corral more reps. And they did say back then, though, that they would look to potentially add a fourth quarterback once training camp rolled around. Well, training camp's here, and they added Jake Luton that first weekend when they had back together Saturday, but we haven't seen him get a lot of reps. Matt Corral got a ton of them. We saw him play a ton on Saturday, and we saw some of the same issues he had last year. Now, granted, Matt Corral hadn't really played football in over a year. He was coming off of that injury. He's not getting reps with the ones and the twos like he did, well, at least last year. Maybe he got some with the twos. Really, is more of the threes and fours, but still, we didn't get to see Matt Corral at all last season, like we like we would have hoped and would have liked to have seen, especially once we saw the injuries play out, it would have benefited him and the organization, but now the Panthers have moved on. They have Frank Reich. They've brought in Bryce Young to be the QB1. They have Andy Dalton as a veteran backup, and Matt Corral went out there with his opportunity to try to cement his place on the roster and just did not look good. Whether it was the offensive line not good in front of him, he just did not look comfortable. He was rushed. By him rushing himself, really, he said, I need to trust my eyes. It wasn't really my feet. He just does not look like a player who you look at as your third quarterback who in an emerging situation you would feel good about. But Jake Luton, someone who started three games in the NFL, and his first career start threw for 300 yards. Now he played against a bad Houston Texans team during a pandemic season in 2020, but Jake Luton has the experience. And I already talked about on the show earlier this week, would you rather have a project and a player who's never played a down in a regular season game or maybe someone like Luton who can be your third guy, who you're not paying a lot, but at least has the experience of having gone through a game week as the number one starter and having started a couple games and then having some serious physical tools because he's about like 6'5". He's a big he's a big guy, and he has the NFL experience. So I want to see Jake Luton. Thomas Brown, the Panthers OC, we'll get into some of the comments he had on Tuesday afternoon. He was asked about, hey, is Jake Luton here to push? And he talked about how, oh, there's competition all over the place. No, no battles, just completely settled, which we know there are some that are absolutely settled. But he kind of gave the old ho-hum, like, yeah, you know, we got competition everywhere. I feel like Jake Luton is going to get a shot on Friday. And if Matt Corral struggles again and Luton looks better, then he might be taking Matt Corral's job. And it would make the most sense for the Panthers that they want to keep a third quarterback to take 
Luton with experience if he looks better than Corral, who of course doesn't have any experience and so far in his three preseason games has not been inspiring for the Carolina Panthers last year, last year or on Saturday when they face off against the Jets. So those are five things that I need or at least want to see from the Panthers come Friday night when they play the New York Giants up there at MetLife Stadium in New York. Now the big issue and question this week is man is the Panthers offensive line really this bad or is it just a bad afternoon James Camp and the offensive line coach had a gum I had a come to Jesus meeting with those guys following the game on Saturday we'll talk about how he's going to fix the offensive line and them getting down to fundamentals ahead of Friday night here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers did you know that 80% of men will experience hair thinning in their lifetime? It's normal, but it doesn't have to be your fate. You can get ahead of thinning with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol's hair growth supplements use physician-formulated natural science-backed ingredients. They're drug-free. Patented technology provides consistent, reliable results without compromising your sexual health. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time. Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter promo code LOCKEDONNFL. Find out why over 40,000, over 4,000 rather, healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com slash men, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com slash men and enter promo code LOCKEDONNFL. That's Nutrafol.com slash men, promo code LOCKEDONNFL. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So here we are. Concerned about the offensive line once again. I think it was my guy, Charlotte Sports Despair, who had tweeted at me on Saturday night after um, the game, and I was talking about how the Panthers' offense line had looked bad and all the kind of issues that they had had, and had quoted my friend Darren Gandy who said, it's never too soon to panic, and I know a lot of people were out there panicking, uh, but Charlotte Sports Bear told me he will never not be concerned about the Panthers' offense line. It's like UNC's football's defense or the Hornets' center free agency activity. Three things he'll never be con- not concerned about, and he's certainly concerned about the offensive line, and they gave a lot of us something to be concerned about after their performance on Saturday, in particular, the way that the starters played, as we did not expect guys like Kiki Kwanu, who we had heard a lot about how he's taking that next step, uh, perform as poorly as he did in that limited sample size in those three series where they only had one first down, and in large part because the offensive line did not protect Bryce Young, who was sacked once by my, when Michael Jordan was in that right guard, but also took two other hits. Just not ideal for your young rookie quarterback, who people already had concerns about pre-draft and even post-draft about his size and stature, whether he can hold up in the NFL. Not a good sign if the offensive line is going to give up that much leakage and that much pressure this upcoming season, which I don't think will be the case. But it was certainly shocking to see it on Saturday night against a very good and deep and talented Jets defensive line, but still not much excuse considering that you played your A1 starters while they sat out guys like Quentin Williams 
and even Carl Lawson there on Saturday afternoon. Now, the offensive line right after had a meeting. James Campton called it. Uh, didn't really want to go into what he talked about as he spoke with the media on Tuesday, but he did say that he wanted to make sure the guys were not going to allow what happened on Saturday to overlap into the next day. That, hey, things didn't go well. That's not our standard, but we need to clean it up. We need to alert. We don't need to like sit here and just to think about it and to be worried about it and all that. We need to move on and get better. He did not want that to overlap into the next day. And he's, he's, as he said, on Monday and Tuesday, things have been better for the offensive line group, which is good. But things were good for them last week, and we saw how they played on Saturday. Frank Reich talked about it was a good week, and with a bad day on that Saturday, you can have a lot of good weeks throughout the NFL season. But if you don't win on Sundays, it does not matter. Those are all bad weeks. So the Panthers could have been productive with their practice early on, with the mandatory, not mandatory, but the joint practices. They could have been great with all that, but once game time rolled around, they weren't good. And that's all that really matters is game time and getting the W. In the preseason, not so much, but of course some of the things that we saw are obviously important. The Carolina Panthers did not play up to standard, especially the offensive line on Saturday. Now, there could be people out there who could say, well, it's just a preseason, no reason to freak out. This is being overblown. He said no. The expectations are higher. The expectations obviously were not met. Now, I'm someone who does not think that offensive line group is as bad as what we saw on Saturday. Now, I do not necessarily believe it's overblown. I do feel like it's a little bit too soon to panic. Now, if they do this again on Friday and they do it again next Friday, then yeah, go ahead, panic. Then we might have a problem here in Carolina. But I do feel confident Iki Aquanu is going to take that next step and be a good player for the Carolina Panthers this year again. I do think that Bradley Bozeman at center will be a good player for the Carolina Panthers. I feel the same way about uh, Taylor Moten at right tackle. Now, I do have serious questions at right guard, and we'll see what Brady Christensen's able to do at left guard this upcoming season. So three of the five spots feel good about it. Now, you want all five of those spots to be good, uh, but that just may not be the case as right guard feels like it's going to be a revolving door, and we're not quite sure how good Austin Corbett's going to be once he does come off a pup and when he's fully back to being healthy coming off of that ACL, and even when he's back to health, will he be the same guy that we saw last season who started and played in every single game and every snap until he tore his ACL there in Week 18 in New Orleans. So we'll see what it, how it works out, but I think overall it will be a solid unit. Will it be as good as we thought? Maybe not. Maybe Saturday was um, a wake-up call and that we should readjust what our expectations for this unit are. But they believe that their expectations were not met on Saturday, and I certainly agree because they're not as bad as what we saw. But what that was was certainly alarming and something that we cannot quickly forget until we see what they do on Friday and even next Friday because one good performance is not enough. And one bad performance is also not enough. We need to see them stack good performances to get back to having the offensive line in our good graces. Now, what James Campen said was that their fundamentals are off. He talked about the pad level, the hand placement, et cetera, et cetera. All those things are wrong. That they were actually assignment sure. So the communication was good. And that's a big thing with the offensive line. We talked about a couple years ago when the Panthers had, I think it was a 13 out of 16 games at a different starting off the line combination, not having that continuity, not having that understanding of each other and the communication, that can lead to misassignments. And when your pad level and a hand placement is also bad, then it's just going to be a complete disaster, which we saw during that 2021 season. But last year, they got down to fundamentals. They were assignment sure, and things are great. But on Friday, or on Saturday afternoon, rather, the fundamentals were off. But they were assignment sure. So at least they got that part right. Just fix the fundamentals, 
and it'll be good. And we talk about physicality. James Campen said if you're not playing fundamental football, it's hard to be physical. So they get back to fundamentals, then we can see the physical offensive line unit that we saw in the last 11 games of the season when they went to a run-heavy offense. Now he does, he did what he was also asked about, you know, does it take some guys some time to really come around? I think it was Vash Tyhurt who's been on the show before. She was asking, does it usually take, you know, to like year three or four for an offensive lineman really to really hit his stride? And he said that was a fair assessment, but he didn't went on to go say it was more like year two or three where you would see an offensive lineman take a stride like where Icky last year as a rookie, really struggled early on where he wasn't winning any of those one-on-one um, pass protection reps. But then he started to win those. We did see week one what he looked like against Miles Garrett. But after that, he was good. So for him, as a guy who was drafted sixth overall, his learning curve was not as big. But for a guy like Cade Mays, who was drafted later on in the draft, we're seeing where he's just not quite there yet. And he didn't get a ton of snaps last year, especially on the offensive line. He was brought in as a fullback in the Arby's package. He hasn't gotten that opportunity. So we're seeing his learning curve is a little bit longer. Maybe it's going to take him maybe until next year to be someone who they can factor in on, on the starting offensive line. Or maybe someone else. I don't know. We'll see how it look, works out. But so far, yeah, they're having some struggles there with guys like Cade Mays. And Chandler Zabal is coming in. It's a little bit too early to say how they feel about him, but we've seen that it, it can take some time. So Cade Mays, he's trying to figure things out, although he did miss practice um, on Tuesday. So we'll see how that all works out um, and whether he's going to be out for a long time because that's going to open up the door potentially for a guy like Zavala or even Nash Jensen, the UDFA out of North Dakota State, to come in and be the starting right guard on Friday night and maybe even beyond until Austin Corbett's ready to go. And one of the things that he wants to see from the offensive line, really many of the things, he wants to see them do things that they know they can do and do them well, being fundamentally sound, and that will allow them once again to be more aggressive, which they were not on Saturday as they got away from their fundamentals, while still being a Simon Sure, He wants to marry both of those and get back to the offensive line unit that he knows that they are. So we'll hopefully see that on Friday night as they travel up to New York to face off against the New York Giants. Offensive coordinator Thomas Brown and Austin Corbett and DJ Chark also spoke to the media on Tuesday. I'll go over some of the things that those guys had to say here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We got to hear from Thomas Brown, the Panthers OC, on Tuesday following the Panthers' disappointing preseason opener. He did say that, yeah, they didn't get the results that they desired over the weekend as far as details and execution, and he is upset about that, but knows that this is a better team than what they showed on Saturday afternoon against the Jets. And there's been a lot of talk about, oh, it was a very vanilla offense and they weren't able to do some of the things that they were actually going to do in the season and maybe that held them back. And that really didn't sit right with Thomas Brown. He said whether the offense was vanilla or not, doesn't matter. They need to execute. And quite frankly, as we all saw on Saturday, offensively and defensively, the Carolina Panthers did not execute. And he said that maybe they'll open up the playbook a little bit more on Friday into Giants. I think that's even just a part of taking those steps towards the regular season where preseason game number one, you're not really playing a lot of your starters out there. They're going to be out there as we saw for 11 snaps for Bryce Young. 
don't really need to have too much in the playbook. But when you play maybe a quarter this upcoming Friday night, and then you get to the full half next Friday, then yeah, you're going to have to put out more of the playbook. You can't be so base, so vanilla like we saw on Saturday. But that's just not an excuse. If it's vanilla, then they should be able to execute. You're just out there playing football, man, and they just did not on Saturday. So hopefully we'll see better execution as that was just not at all what we're looking for. Uh, as far as evaluating Matt Corral, who got a lot of snaps on Saturday and uh, did not look good in those, which is why I said I want to see Jake Luton as he could potentially be the number three quarterback here in Carolina as he has experienced starting three games back during 2020 and one of those games he was successful. Now the Jags were bad that year, but Jake Luton, he has more experience just by time. Time and age than Matt Corral, unfortunately, has in the NFL based off of an injury. And who knows whether he would have got an opportunity last year or not. I think he probably would have, but maybe not because Sam Darnold had that money that they were tied up to with the 18 mil last season. Maybe they wanted to see him regardless of whether Matt Corral would have been ready or not, but still. We'll never know. Uh, but as far as evaluating Matt Corral, Thomas Brown said he's looking for overall operation, execution, and details, getting in and out of the huddle, communicating personnel, and going through the snap counts, all the checks and the cues, just trying to see how we can operate an offense. And as we've seen so far, it's been a rough. It's been a rough go so far for Matt Corral last year and so far in the one preseason game that we saw from on Saturday. Hopefully things look better for his sake. But if not... You need to see a little bit of Jake Luton for the Carolina Panthers there on Friday night. Andy Dalton did miss practice on uh, Tuesday. Not a big deal. Um, did have some small back tightness, uh, so they just want to get that taken care of. So not really too concerned about that. Uh, tighten up his back. against just sitting there uh, hanging out on the bench, unfortunately, for Andy. Uh, hopefully, though, he'll be good because the Panthers certainly do need Andy Dalton to be healthy in the event that something happens to Bryce because if something happened to Bryce, you looked at Matt Corral, the Panthers would be screwed. Uh, and he did have something to say about Raheem Blackshear. He was asked about a little uh, smile uh, on his face, saying that he brings special teams value, reliable depth behind Miles Sanders from a third down standpoint. I do wonder, though, looking at Raheem Blackshear, who's clearly on the roster, he's going to be the, the primary returner, especially with punts. Uh, I do wonder if he maybe is going to jump ahead of Chuba Hubbard because we saw some good stuff out of him, especially teams why he feel the punt, but we saw some good stuff from him last year in limited sample size, and this is a new coaching staff that seems to like Blackshear, and this is not the first time that we've heard someone on the staff point out Blackshear as a guy who's really looked good so far. We see Thomas Brown do that now. He was asked about it, though, but we also saw Frank Reich, who let it slip back uh, during OTAs, where he said something about Mingo and about Blackshear, how much he liked those guys. So maybe Raheem Blackshear is actually RB2 here in Carolina. We'll see how that plays out here throughout the next uh, couple of weeks as the Panthers have two more preseason games. Uh, Austin Corbett once again spoke to the media, second time he's spoken to the media since um, the Panthers opened up camp. Of course, camp is over, but they're back here in Charlotte. Uh, he did top of the tenor of the meeting on Saturday following the game was that things just weren't good enough and that they have a standard to uphold and they did not uphold it and that they need to be better. He's doing his best uh, rehabbing and on the sideline to be able to help those guys coach him up and get him to the point where they can be the kind of unit that we all expected them to be and still expect them to be this upcoming season in 2023. He's still unsure whether he'll be able to start the season, uh, whether he'll be on pup. He said that's up to the guys upstairs to figure that out. Um, also, he said he has not had any swelling or setback. So that's a positive there for Austin Corbett as he tries to work his way back from that torn ACL. Then DJ Chark, uh, he, he commented also on the rough preseason outing saying, you know, preseason isn't necessarily about winning. It's about figuring out who can go out there and do what the coaches ask of him and who, as a teammate, can you trust? And we saw a lot of guys on Saturday just not 
show that they can execute and that they can be trusted so far by the staff and by their teammates. So DJ Chark, I think he had a great, it was a very long answer. Go back and listen to it. I think it was great. Just talking about how it's a long season. You know, there's a whole new group of guys who are putting on pads together for the first time. We saw Bryce Young play 11 snaps with that offensive line, with his new receivers. It's a brand new offense. It's going to take some time. Now, you would like to have seen, even when, when, when they went off the field, to see any sort of semblance of offensive prowess when the twos came on as well. But it was just, it was not a good situation for the Panthers offense as a whole on Saturday, which is certainly concerning as... You would hope that they'd be further along, but they had just gotten through installs not too long ago, and that's why the preseason is here. And this is also why Frank Reich said these guys need to play. New new schemes on both sides of the ball, new players, they got to go out there and play. And DJ Chark really summed it up well, just saying, hey, it's a long season, new guys out here putting pads on together for the first time, trying to figure out who we can trust, who can execute when we get into the game situation. So still time to figure things out. That time will run down quickly as the Panthers face off down in Atlanta against the Falcons on September 10th. But that's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, hosted by yours, Julie, Julian Council. Again, y'all subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council, where on Friday, the rest of the preseason, I'll answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me to get those questions into me now. But in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding. And I'll talk to y'all on Thursday as we'll have a special preseason crossover edition with Patricia Trena of Locked on Giants. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.